What's up, everybody? This is published author and the be-all, end-all of the pro wrestling podcast community, Michael DeMilla, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. After you finish this episode of Armchair Booking, go ahead and make your way down to my podcast, Finish Your Wrestling, because we're going to finish wrestling before it even started. It's time for y'all to finish y'all wrestling. All right? You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And joining me, I'm very, very fortunate to have two guest co-hosts because uh, Delicious Dwayne, unfortunately, is still on hiatus. And so, but he said, you know what? We have a lot of friends who are always going to be willing to help help us out. And I'm so fortunate to have not one, but two friends this week. And that is, I'll just call them Jam and Justin from the TNC Sports Talk Podcast. And Rescue Randy, the man who was really indirectly responsible for Justin even being on here, because about seven years ago, Randy took me to my very first Northern Wrestling Federation event in Fairfield. So glad to have done it. Yep. And since then, I've, uh, you know, of course, obviously, you know, come in pretty good with NWF because Randy is good friends with, I'd say, most of the roster. If you know him, you're friends with him. Uh, the newer ones you may not know, so that's the only reason you're not friends with them because, well, they don't we'll know. Say, maybe not as many as the new ones. Yeah, maybe not as many, but I mean, we tend to become friends with with them. Um, you know, so it was actually through the NWF that I actually it was actually through an NWF wrestler who recommended Justin talk to me, and that would be Juice. Who, by the way, Juice just moved yeah. to Texas. He just moved to Texas, so I don't know if y'all knew that or not. He's not even part of the NWF now. I thought I'd seen a post about that. Yeah, he. I don't know I why. I haven't asked him, but I haven't. I don't know why he moved to Texas. I'm going to guess it's probably job related, but he's um he's in Texas now. But Juice was the one who told Justin to reach out to me, and yeah. he did. All of a sudden, I'm getting this weird IM on through Facebook. I'm like, who is this? You know. So I was like, all right. So obviously, you know, since then, uh, Justin and I become friends, just like right now, become friends. Uh, but like I said, Randy is one kind of you know indir- indirectly responsible for all this happening. So if anything goes wrong. Blame him. <laughs> oh, you're not a good person to blame. I mean, yeah, that sounds fair. You know, so. <laughs> but Randy may be starting something, you know, NWF wrestling podcast, you know, we may be starting a trend here. I think it's always a good time to share something that you love, especially a creative endeavor like that and to take yes. something you're passionate about and to find other people who are also passionate about that kind of thing and kind of, you know, mutually get excited about the same thing and enjoy something together. And you know, recently in the podcast world, um, you know, wrestling podcasts is becoming more and more popular. You know, I remember growing up in school, going out to wrestling events. I wanted to talk about it with my friends, and I knew a lot of my friends were wrestling fans, but you just never caught them ever talking about it out in public for some reason. Like they were ashamed of talking about it, and I feel like there's, you know, there's a there's a lot of fans out there. 
that are wrestling fans. And you know it because you see it at the arenas, you see it on social media. But then when you try to go find them out there on the streets, they're like, where are they? You know? So There's, there's a lot of closet fans out there. There really yeah. are. Certainly. And it's such an odd collection of people when you go to a show and you see the varying types of folks there. You see them from every kind of background and you know they're not just there because they're with their kids or something. You see a guy with like a tie on and he's going just yeah. as nuts for the whoever he's a fan of as the kid he brought with him. And then you see people just about every walk of life in between and it's so awesome to just kind of to see something that kind of celebrates something that we can all mutually agree on as yeah, being like for good, a moment something nothing, we love no one cares for a moment right and, we're not focused on anything outside of the building what we do outside of it what we are to each other none of it it's all there to like love something together and have a great time and randy was actually uh the co-host when Waylon had his florida vacation last year mm-hmm. and i had both randy and justin standing at different times, you know, to be the guest co-host. Uh, Randy was the co-host for the infamous episode with Noah Gabriel when Noah decided he was going to hock up a loogie on, on the armchair booking t-shirt. There were allergies. Uh, yeah, he, probably he, your favorite moment last year on armchair booking, no? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, top five. you know, yeah, we'll say top Certainly five. memorable. Yeah, de- definitely memorable. Uh, but, you know, we even had the video over where, he said something about allergies, and all of a sudden he's. I'm like, I know exactly what he's about to do, and he he blew his nose on my shirt, and I was like, thanks, Noah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, but Noah, I mean, he's been he's been getting his in the ring, so you know, um, yeah, he decided he was going to be turning through the dark side. But Noah's not in the Royal Rumble this weekend, no. and that is what we're going to be discussing. Uh, you know, along with some other news, uh. Yeah, because I, I do want to cover some of the news that is coming out of WWE first. And one of the things was Seth Rollins was actually hurt last week on Monday Night Raw. And there was speculation, okay, what's he going to do now? Because it turns out it's what is MCL and uh, meniscus. meniscus. Yeah. yeah, Meniscus. I believe it was like a, a tear of the meniscus as well. Ooh. Uh, Randy, you with, you have the, the vast medical background. How, long, how bad is a meniscus? How long does it normally take to heal? I don't know if I am the right person on that. I've done a little bit of reading about it. And from what I gather, at least from speculation in his case, uh, as long as he doesn't require surgery, they're talking like conservatively four to six weeks of like rehab. Really? Um, but that, that is if it is in such a condition where it is non-surgical intervention. Uh, of course, mm. that extends out if it does become surgical intervention. I mean, uh, we talked about this, uh, I think, Steve, we talked about this last week on facts or something like that. Or I know we talked, I know we talked plenty about it off, um, just on the side, but, you know, it was either they were going to vacate the title or they were going to find a way to push him through. And it looks like WWE and Seth Rollins are going to find a way just to do whatever they can to maybe shut him down for the next two months. And just have him ready for mania, mania only. Whether he drops a title, which, you know, if you ask me, I, I, I'm on the favor of dropping the title, moving it on to someone else, and Same then here. let him go recover. Whether Absolutely. that requires surgery, but it came to a surprise to me on that decision because the last couple of weeks WWE has really done 
has really shown a lot about caring for their talent. They've stopped matches throughout the match for the safety of those performers. And so when you take her into a surge, you know, a surgical need, uh, like Seth Rollins situation, you kind of almost like, Hmm, what, you know, WWE is deciding this decision. They're taking a huge risk. That means if you, anytime you throw them out there for over the next two months, you have to be very careful about what you do with them and how he performs. You got to wonder if, if you keep running them out there, non and you do the conservative non-surgical thing, uh, you wonder if, are, are we really doing what's best for them long-term from, even if we're thinking of them just as a product and what, saying, you know, this is something. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, kind of getting it back into his thirties. We're, we're definitely not at our prime physically. He said as much in an interview that, you know, he wished that his prime mentally and his prime physically kind of met up for a little longer than, uh, than they do. Um, and so you wonder, are we doing any favors by trying to rehab this and not going for, you know, maybe something that's a more durable repair or, Either. Are we taking more risks with everything on that, WrestleMania, right? I mean, isn't the goal with Rollins top of Raw, top of the WWE, at least one of the top of the WWE? You got to take him into WrestleMania. You get you put him through surgery next week. He's not ready. And you know, WWE has done a lot with like speedy recoveries. You know, we've seen Cena return at a sure. much earlier rate. I mean, well, Cena like, Cena's a freak of nature, though. He really is. But I mean, WWE has probably one of the best of the best when it comes down to medical staff. They'll take, they'll do absolutely anything for a lot of their, you know, current situations. So you, but you do play a risk with or without this surgery. And who knows that, like I said, in two months after WrestleMania, he still may have this surgery done. You know, there's no promises that he's going to be recovered. Well, he said he's going to be at WrestleMania. You know, he did say that. But I mean, me personally, Honestly, I would have brought out Damian Priest right then with a referee, with a briefcase. I'm cashing in right now. You're in the ring, you know, and just attack. And and I'm pretty sure he would know how to attack the leg without causing any more damage to it. Did it come to you in an odd, though, that Imperium came out out of all the people who could have came out? Drew, Punk. I mean, I know Punk had a segment later that night, but even Rhodes, Finn Balor for a chance, or Dominic Mysterio. You know, I know there's been maybe some talks on the table about a Finn and Damien, and looks like, you know, I asked you yesterday, Steve, um, in a text was about, you know, coming into the Royal Rumble, you know, contracts that are expected to kind of come up after the Mania, Balor's one of those. And so, you know, maybe this guy kind of gives him that two, maybe three-month push, and then that feud that, I would love to see a Balor and Priest match. And for me, that's also a Mania match, you know, if you want to throw it in there. Uh, maybe, but I mean, with, like I said, if their contracts are up for renewal and they have not come to terms with negotiations, they are not going to push them as hard, especially with the um, with the possibility of putting a title on them uh, because then you're running to issue. After what happened with... Medusa with the women's mm-hmm. title back in 1996, yep. 95, 96. 
with Bret Hart basically holding, almost holding the title hostage, saying, I'm not going to drop it to Sean. And of course, then they, they did the screw job and they're like, yeah, you're dropping it to Sean, whether you want to or not, you're, you're going to have to drop it to him. The whole thing with Jeff Jarrett, when he held the title, um, well, that one right there in Jeff Jarrett's defense, he was not holding them up for more money. He was saying, I want my money, the money you already owe me. That's all he wanted. But either way, he held the title up and saying, if you don't give me what you owe me in this, these back royalties, back pay, or whatever it was, I'm going, I am not going to drop the title to China. And he was going to be dropping the, t- the title to China in the, like the, the good housekeeping falls count anywhere, whatever weird match that Vince Russo had drawn up. But either way, good housekeeping. Yeah, something it was they had i mean they literally had like a kitchen sink in the ring i mean they had yeah so good lord yeah this was back then yeah well vince russo back then and you know so they they're not going to take any chances on somebody uh having their contract expire and they're a champion because now they can just leave and they'll take the they can take the title belt well I've also heard, though, they actually don't let the wrestlers necessarily travel with the belts anymore. They actually have like two or three of the same belt like that travels. Then they give it to them the day of the show and they take it back after it's over. But either way, you know, they they still want to wonder what's going to happen. Or I think don't they do have a travel belt for them, but it's it's like a cheap replica. Somewhat. Yeah. Randy, have you heard that? My understanding, there was like a. There was like a different belt that was kind of kept for television appearances because they mm-hmm. would be kept nicer to look nicer in HD. And then there was kind of the, the lesser respectfully treated belt, you know, the one that maybe does the traveling, gets beat up a little bit more, might be the thing being used in the ring kind of thing. True. They'll even use those for house shows if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken too. Like they're very cautious about where those belts go to, especially the, you know, the bigger ones. Speaking of house shows, have either of you heard the news that there's a rumor that WWE is going to be going away from house shows? I did not hear that. I have. Uh, Yep. From my understanding, and the last article I read was like back in December about this, because it has been a talk. It's a TKO thing. They want to get, they don't want to eliminate house shows. They're going to do like the holiday festive stuff like they, like they do. And then maybe, that's pretty much it. I mean, they may have a couple other ones throughout the week on occasion, like leading up to SummerSlam, but the nothing, really nothing big. They're coming I, back huge. I imagine from a, a wrestler health standpoint, that would be a huge plus from them, you know, both mentally and physically. I imagine there would be some concern with, uh, you know, how they're getting paid and things like that. Cause my understanding is when they're on the road, they're getting paid using like it's pay sheets. And then otherwise they were getting like their downside. And so um, I would be curious to see if their uh, pay would become reduced because they're doing less shows. Oh, that, that is a good point because I mean, they could be doing kind of like what Eric Bischoff did when he first took over as president of WCW. And I think it was like 95 when he took over and they were losing money on house shows. And so prior to Bischoff taking over, well, their response was, well, just have more house shows. And he said, why would you do that? You're losing money on them. So that's why WCW actually stopped doing house shows then because they were losing money. And I understand part of this is part of a 
it is a financial thing because maybe WWE is losing money on house shows now. I mean, who knows? Um, but um, because when you have the tapings, when you have Raw, when you have SmackDown, and then you have the premium live events, you know, there's um, at least two shows a week you can actually go to. And then, like you said, Randy, with the wrestlers, with their health, their mental health, physical health, you know, so there, some of them are going to be involved in Raw and SmackDown. And then throughout the week, all of a sudden they're traveling somewhere else to do a different show or on Saturday. If it's not a, an event Saturday, they're going somewhere else to do a right. show in between uh, the SmackDown show on Friday and then the Raw on Monday. When uh, they were so, doing the house shows, weren't they doing it like three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday type, you know, in a row? Or did I? That was my understanding of it. Or started back I mean, on I'd Thursday or something. Like, yeah, it could have been. I mean, I may be thinking like old school house shows when the wrestlers, they would wrestle like five days a week and yeah. every day they're somewhere. But and, house shows also did a lot of promoting. And that's what was so great about it. I mean, I think you and I even talked about this, and this is another topic, but you know, you talk about promotions and what why is WWE so well known for it? away from commercials and away from the product, you your head they're heading out to your city. They're gonna give you an entertainment that only you, the fans, if you bought tickets to, you can go see. Because you know, someone's ain't gonna videotape the entire, you know, house show. And that's going to promote for either you to watch that product later on that week or for the next couple of weeks, or it's going to also advertise what's coming up. It also provides extra work. So like if, you know, if Roman and LA Knight's doing a feud, maybe they get a couple of chances at, you know, working a couple of moves out that they want to do on a, on a live show, you know, on a PLE. But then what's so great about house shows though, is that, it's versatile. You could take them away. You could add them whenever you want. So just because TKO is deciding, hey, we're going to cut back now, WWE is growing, which maybe in about a year or two, the demand for house shows may come back up again. Maybe. It all, I think it also depends on the wrestler's health because, That's you, true, you, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not going to send Rollins out to do house shows right now because of his leg. Um, some also of the good chance to look at the younger guys that are coming up. Maybe and that's usually where you see like the older guys dial back too. once they start getting older and getting beat up a little bit, or, you know, or a lot of it. And they got enough power to do it. They're like, all right, on this contract, we want to dial back the dates. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it, it would make sense, you know, that it would be good for the overall health of the company. Like at least their performers, if they were able to do that, even if it's not financially advantageous. I mean, I, I can, yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, Roman did that anyway with his latest contract, even right. holding the title, and he still said, I'm dialing back on the dates, and they just said, okay. And I have issues with that because, I mean, I know some people say, well, if you don't if you don't have them out there every week, it, it creates that demand if you don't have them wrestling every week. But then you also have the other side of, well, Rollins in the less than a year that he's held this title has already defended the title more times than what Roman has, who's held the title for two years. So, so what, but then I guess the, my question is then goes back to guys like Dominic Mysterio that may benefit being in the ring four times out of the week just to get the extra work to kind of help fine tune some of his in-ring ability so that when it comes down to TV, you know, he's putting on better, you know, maybe more smoother matches. If you eliminate completely house shows, 
you know, you're cutting back the in-ring time because not all wrestlers are going to the performance center five days a week training with, you know, you know, you know, Fit Finley or whoever is a trainer. You know, they're kind of on that line of, okay, you kind of have to stay in physical shape yourself. And sometimes these house shows can benefit because you take a look at, you know, like Veer Mahan or, you know, like I said, Dominic Mysterio, who can definitely, what, a year ago could have used the extra in-ring work that you would want to get at a house show, and now you're taking that away from him. So how is he going to better himself in the ring? And that's Um, a fair point. That's not really something I was looking at with that. Because he has progressed fairly quickly, and I, I don't know that I rightly attributed the the amount of work that you get in with the house shows as, as being a factor in that. Um, and, and certainly it's something that, until you mentioned it, didn't really come up to me. Well, I mean, we'll have to see how they go with that one, because I don't think they've totally killed off the house shows yet. Uh, just kind of look in the future, it, so it may actually uh, come down to that. Um, but also with TKO and Justin, you brought this up before we started recording. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is now part of the board of directors for WWE. And he's also, uh, this actually caught me off guard of seeing this news, but he's actually got complete control of the name, the rock. Is that how it, it's played yeah. out? So it's a trademark for the rock now. So the rock owns the rock. Mm-hmm. I actually, I really like this to be honest because Dwayne Johnson's been a very like his family has been very big into professional wrestling, um, and this really he's he's even talked about this in the years past how he wants to grow professional wrestling. He loves the WWE, and to be able to finally see him take some sort of action of putting his foot in the door in that way, you know, I think he's a he's a big brain. I mean. When WWE had those conversations for years about selling, there were those names like Dwayne Johnson that was in the mix of could you see a Dwayne Johnson purchasing something like the WWE? And to be at least, like I said, a part of it now moving forward, you got, you know, you got Paul, you know, kind of being more of the creative team. And I'm talking about Paul Levesque. Yeah, Paul Levesque. Sorry, Triple H. I mean, I, I feel like you're, you're also seeing wrestlers getting back into the WWE, which I think is fair to say. I've heard this many times. Wrestlers know how to put on a wrestling show. You take business yes. people in business suits trying to put on a wrestling show, you know, no offense, Tony Khan there. And you kind of see what starts happening after a while. You put wrestlers behind those cameras and, you know, behind the creativity that you see inside the ring and you kind of get yourself a good product. I definitely think it's an exciting prospect to see The Rock attach himself to WWE and a board of directors role like that. I think it's awesome because he's clearly so passionate about, really passionate about everything he does. But anytime he speaks about wrestling and WWE in particular, you know, he exudes such a love and a passion for it and speaks commonly about how he loves the good storytelling aspect of it and the way that the ways to present things to fans that haven't been presented to them quite yet. And so to see him kind of get into that role and maybe be able to affect 
some things in a way where he can form things into his image a little bit, you know, passion for that storytelling, like great entertainment. I think it's an exciting prospect to see him there. From my understanding, the board of directors from TKO, you lacked a lot of wrestler knowledge. A lot of it was still either business or UFC in a format. So to bring in a full on actual WWE, you know, personnel, I mean, he's also now, you know, you become an ambassador. He's now a good image to represent mm-hmm. not only WWE, but TKO in a positive way. And I and listen, Dwayne Johnson would have not done this if it, the WWE was not in a good position or was not heading in a good position. Dwayne Johnson, I consider one of the better smart businessmen. So if he's saying, all right, I want to be a part of this, you know, he must know something that we don't know that's looking, you know, ahead that's very positive for the WWE or for TKO well, and just in general. Um, who else can reach out to the audiences of both UFC and WWE in a way that is, for lack of a better term, as household a name as he is to people even outside of those industries? Like people are going to know who he is and know that it's it's something mm-hmm. important that he's a part of. And because Dwayne Johnson went from, okay, $7 entertainment, you know, the story of why that's the name of his company, because he had $7 to his name when he told his dad, I want you to train me how to be a wrestler because his football career had uh, not panned out, you know, even in Canadian football, part of the Canadian football is because um, that you can only have so many non-Canadians on the team. And he just happened to be obviously non-Canadian, even though his dad was a Canadian citizen. I don't get that. Yeah, Rocky Johnson was actually Canadian. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, in fact, I want to say he was from around Halifax, Nova Scotia, the same as our friend B.C. Hunter from Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with the War. I'll have to ask B.C. But by the way, B.C.'s name is going to come up later on in this as well. But with that Dwayne Johnson, I mean, he's he's gone from having $7 to his name to now he is the biggest name in Hollywood not just biggest wrestler. No, he is like the biggest name right now in Hollywood. And so, I mean, he know he's done something right. He knows how to negotiate. He knows how business itself works. Not only that, but his, um, his now, well, now ex-wife, uh, Danny, you know, she actually was already working for some big firm. So I'm pretty sure she taught him quite a bit about the business. Yeah. And they are, they are actually partners, not business partners, even though, as far as the marriage goes, I mean, because he's already, uh, well, I think he, he had a kid with somebody else before they were split. I think that's the reason why they split. Either way, he's already having kids with somebody. He's with somebody else already. I don't know if she is or not. I mean, I don't know. I don't keep up with all the Hollywood. I mean, it's The Rock. I mean, who? <laughs> I mean, honest, you know he's what? He's not going to stay. Right. I mean, because The Rock, he's just a handsome guy. <laughs> he gets so, better with age. Gosh, he's like yeah. fine wine. I'm secure in my masculinity. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, um, I mean, I'm not gay, but that dude's a stud. But and and when he came <laughs> out, I mean, he is he has definitely kept himself in shape because he came out on that SmackDown. He was just shredded. And is you're like, he in ring shape though, because he got winded pretty easily with those few. That's, that's true, you know. Because I mean, yeah, he. So you could tell he's still. He's probably still a gym rat, you know, during his off time mm-hmm. because, I mean, you'd have to be to be as um, cut and defined as what he is. But you're right, because that does not account for the endurance that you would need, uh, the cardio that you would need 
four wrestling matches. You know, Can so well, I mean, question just on a on a, like opinion wise as a fan, how long do you think it takes for someone, maybe even as a size, you know, size as Dwayne Johnson, to get into ring shape? You think if he started off January first and he got the green light saying, "All right, you're going to go on with the with uh, Roman." And at WrestleMania, you got three months to prepare. You think he could be ready in ring? I'm going to defer that to Randy because Randy has actually trained in a wrestling ring before. Yeah, but for all of eight hours. Uh, hey, it's eight hours longer but, uh, than me and Justin combined. But I, but I can, I can identify with being blown up though. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is, I think in that time frame, I think he could probably increase his. Uh, cardio conditioning to an extent to where we wouldn't notice that he was maybe a little blown up, yeah. but that he would probably readily say, Oh man, I wasn't ready. Well, just, I mean, I know we're talking about the Royal Rumble here, but just hypothetically or theoretically if we're reversing and let's just say we do see Dwayne Johnson and Roman at mania, right? How long do you think that match is going to last? I mean, is it a five minute and done like Brock and Goldberg years ago? You know, where they just hit signatures and that's it? Well, that's because Brock and Goldberg, neither one or, of them would have matches that last over five minutes to begin with. Yeah. You know, but you know what I'm trying I, to say? I wouldn't though? see either one of them doing anything under 20. Yeah, that's I really what I was thinking. I was thinking 15 to 20 myself. Okay. And it's probably going to be really well scripted. Probably going to, I mean, if you consider any outside interference, what not to take a little off of, you know, Dwayne there. But I still figure that getting in ring shape for Mania is a, different level than getting in ring shape in general just to go out there and take a couple bumps. My opinion though, I mean Well, I mean that's part of the scenarios that could happen. Go ahead, Randy. I was just gonna say that that's fair, but I maybe maybe I'm being a little bit of a fanboy here, but my <laughs> thoughts are I, I wouldn't be too con- I, want to. I, I would just be want to too be considered I, well but it, it excuse my view a little bit. I, I think he'd be fine. I really do. Uh, I mean, and Roman, you know, Roman could actually kind of carry him some, you know, if need be. You know, if they do need to say, all right, I'm winded. All right, I'm going to throw you out of the ring for a little bit and pose, you know, give you a chance to get a breather or put him in some kind. Well, Roman's not really known for rest holds. He's not known for putting somebody in a sleeper hold or any kind of submission move. Part of the submission moves is, I mean, gives gives guys a break so they can kind of catch the wind back a little bit. Um and then go back into it. But one of the scenarios, because like I said, um, I Dwaylon actually sent me his uh, predictions, by the way. And he actually, um, well, he, he sent his and actually so did BC Hunter. And I'm still waiting for somebody else. Um, actually talking about Ted. I sent Ted to Hillbilly Hill. I sent him a text and asked him for his predictions. But I, th- I have a feeling Ted's on the road. Um, Ted, stay safe out there because I know the roads are getting nasty no matter where you're at, whether you're in North Carolina or Ohio, because the weather here is just absolutely just absolute garbage today. Um, it's all the rain. Rain rainy. all day. Yeah, rain all day. all day. At least you weren't in California where it just, it was raining cats and dogs and they got flash flooded everywhere. Ooh, uh, well, no, Brown County, we're raining. I live in Brown County. We're known for floods already, apparently. So, yeah. Things are fairly saturated here, but luckily it doesn't look like it's really doing much in the way of flooding. Thank goodness. I think, yeah, because I, and it can, but, um, you know, getting back to the rock, 
and let me go to the message actually BC sent me. Sent me. I'll go ahead and talk about his um, his predictions first. And he actually said for the the Rumble itself, for the men's Rumble, he said he's going to pick Punk, but Wild Card being the Rock if he's in if the Rock is involved in the matches. Um, I don't know about the Rock being involved in the Rumble itself. But I can see The Rock being getting himself involved in the Fatal 4-Way because I know a lot of people think Roman is going to go, he's going to go into WrestleMania as the champion. So are him and The Rock going to wrestle, at, you know, a title match? Because that's... I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I um, propose something pretty pretty bold Always. That's what that we're here kind for. Of, honestly, it does make sense. And Steve, I, I've talked to you a little bit about this. Just like I said, it it's a relation to the Rumble because then it goes to what we could see at Mania. Cody wants to finish this story. And I think mm-hmm. he's came out to say, well, if I don't finish it this year, then, you know, I don't want to be a part of it. And I, like he, he's putting a timetable on himself where he wants to, he's like, this year has to be the year, right? Um, you know, can't miss out another year. But he doesn't need him. He's finishing the story of winning a tight the the title that his family never won, right? The undisputed title, which is not being referred to as the undisputed title. But he doesn't. I don't think he needs to finish it with Roman. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't because, have to be Roman. So then think about it like this: What happened? I mean, the. The Roman Reigns is about to go into a big feud if they push Rock and Roman at Mania. It's in Philadelphia. Doesn't Rock? Doesn't Dwayne have connections in Philadelphia history? Did, wasn't he? Didn't he grew up there a little bit down some stretch? Uh, no, I don't think it was Philadelphia. It was somewhere in Pennsylvania, though. I don't. Pennsylvania. I, I, I think it was around Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, wherever. But still, I, I don't know exactly. Still be where a lot Bethlehem of meaning. Is. A lot of meaning to have Dwayne Johnson in Philadelphia. WrestleMania forty. A little bit of history. Um, I think Dwayne Johnson, I mean, he's such worldwide. I don't think it really matters where they're located. Uh, now granted Miami, because, you know, he went to university of Miami, that one is kind of a given. Um, but I don't think the rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, I don't think he's really associated with Pennsylvania. I mean, he went to high school in Pennsylvania, but I, you know, but I feel like that one's more of like an Easter egg. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. I like that. Okay. So, but here's what I here's my just crazy bold prediction: Fatal Four Way match. The Rock, I, let's say the Rock costs Roman the match because he doesn't need to get pinned to win. Which means if he loses the title, he could always come back in a year and say, "I never lost that title. I I'm at the top of the table." And then he goes on. The only thing that I think, and we're trying to also pinpoint and figure out: all right, if you're not dropping the title now. Who, when, and why will you drop the title to? Because you ain't dropping it to The Rock. I don't think The Rock is going to carry that. There's no purpose for him to carry the title. This is a, a family feud, not a right. championship feud. And, and so, I, don't th- I don't think TKO would. They're not a wrestling. And this actually may be kind of an advantageous thing mm-hmm. to where they're going to look and go, you're on our board of directors. We're not going to give you a title. Right. You know, we're not going to give you one of the championship belts. You know, the family it, feud is much bigger than a title itself. So let's yeah. say you drop the title Saturday. The only person for me that I see qualifies that could use an interesting WrestleMania run 
that also fits in in redemption of, hey, I want to get back at the bloodline is Randy Orton. Right. I was Randy Orton, the same thing. Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania. P- Cody takes the title off of Randy. It's a long history. They grew up, they, they broke into the industry, or well, they thrived off the industry together in their young days, right? With legacy, mm-hmm. took a lot of great Certainly. road trips, stories. I think that's a better, more of a sweet story to close at of Cody finishing the story by taking this title off of the legend killer. The guy who would then, you know, who has has a you know, future Hall of Famer. And then you can still go, you know, go see Roman and Dwayne Johnson. And guess what? It's a win-win WrestleMania 40 for me. Certainly. And frankly, Roman having the title against The Rock, like that wouldn't really do the title or either of them much in the way of doing any favors. It's not really building any of that up much. So to your point, I think what you're saying with Randy Orton and Cody doing it that way certainly makes a lot more sense. Now, whether they pull the trigger on something like that is yet to be seen, but I I think it would be there. I I believe there's pieces there for Roman or for Randy and Cody. And I just don't know how long, how much longer, Randy has in the WWE. He's gone through several fusions from my understanding. Mm -hmm. So I think he's limited and you have a perfect feud right now. Why not give the fans what they want? And not that, but it'd be a second generation wrestler against the third generation wrestler, you know, so two guys with wrestling in their blood. I mean, they grew up around the business, like just like Dwayne Johnson grew up around the business. Uh, But the one thing I, I don't see Cody taking it for Randy's because right now they're already spinning up a feud between Cody and CM Punk. I don't know. Did you see the the promo, the dual promo yeah, they did on they, Raw? They Randy, some did big you see No, I did miss that. Oh, I missed that was, one. I, uh, I had tuned out before that occurred. Uh, yeah, since, I mean, you get up at like 1 o'clock in the morning to go to work. Um, you know, so I get, yeah, you were probably asleep, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. Oh, yeah. I go to bed at a lame, lame yeah, but I mean, it. They, you know what? It's part of the job. I mean, I get it. <laughs> well, how many times has WWE started a feud and then put it put a pin in it for later down the road? We're heading into the Rumble. You need something to talk about. You have two, you know, top guys on Raw face to face. Yes, this could be a great feud down the road. I, I'm honestly thinking, you know, Cody has to go through what I believe. What 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 Seth Rollins did last year, Shawn Michaels did years ago, where he, he needs that match, he needs the Rumble win, and then Punk eliminates him. Therefore, he doesn't get that title win. You know, Now he has to find another way, maybe at Elimination Chamber, to earn that number one contender spot, and he may get cost again or something like that. When is, when is Elimination Chamber? Is it uh, in... February 17th? or Is it? Yeah, February 17th. February 17th? Okay. Uh, so... Wow, that's fairly close together. Yeah, it is. You know, it's like that's really close together. Three weeks apart. And look that up just to double check. Uh, so okay, if they have Punk and Cody could go at it at Elimination Chamber. Uh, both inside the cage, inside the Elimination Chamber. But I mean, because February twenty fourth. Sorry. Okay, that okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Randy, if you get a chance, go find that promo, the two of them together in the ring. Oh, it was getting very, very personal. Now, see, I don't, I don't oh, know really? if it was I don't know if it was scripted like that, if it's like a work shoot, but yeah. 
Well, see, here's the number one thing all of Cody's opponents can now go after him about. Oh, I've had an interaction with your father saying that I'm better than you or that I'm that you're, you know, whatever the case may be. Here, there, they're trying to outdo Christian Cage with the whole father thing. Well, because he did it. Paul Heyman did it last year with Cody. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about I mean, that. Uh, there, I, I think there was another feud sometime this year um, that that happened that similar situation. I just feel like they they've been using Dusty's past in order to help create the story. Well, I would think that Cody would actually probably tell them. You know, he would probably have to give them permission to do that because. Oh yeah, Co- I would Cody, certainly think so. Yeah, because I mean, now Vince McMahon would just do stuff. With that, actually talking to them first, and that's when all of a sudden you had, um, what's her name? Um, oh my God, British now Soraya, and what was? Hmm, yeah. Why, why am I losing? Page. Thank you. I, why, I'm telling you, I'm going to be hiding my own Easter eggs this year. But uh, <laughs> Page, when she brought up um, Reed Flair or Reed Fleer, you know his real name, mm-hmm. and about him dying to. Um, uh, to Charlotte or, you know, Ashley Fleer and his name mm-hmm. was brought up. And of course, I mean, he died a, a few years before that he had died of a drug overdose and all of a sudden his name was brought up and all of a sudden page was referring to him as a loser and things like that. I mean, and yeah, everybody understood it was scripted, but it was like, Whoa, you know, you're kind of, stepping Boy, over still, some... yeah, that's not just blurring the line. That's just poor taste. And, and Ric Flair and Beth Flair, you know, uh, Charlotte's mom reads mom, they were pretty hot about it because they said they were never, ever consulted about it, about, hey, you know, do you, is it okay if we actually use his name, you know, use him in a promo? And they were, because I know Ric Flair would have been like, absolutely not. And Beth Flair would probably have been the same way. Absolutely not. You're not going to use my son's name, my dead son, in one of your promos. And they did anyway. You know, so I imagine Cody, though, has, actually has enough stroke now, um, that he could actually say, no, you're not going to be using my dad's name. Because Cody, from what I understand, if somebody is talking about Dusty, you know, if they're interviewing him or they bring up his dad, well, I mean, which is hard not to because his dad was so iconic. And with anybody who's a second generation wrestler, you're always going to get the comparisons to your uh, your parents. And with Cody, though, it's been said that if somebody starts doing a Dusty Rhodes impression, like Dusty Rhodes, if you will. Yeah, the American Dream. If they start doing that, he will cut the interview off and say we're done. He does not want to hear stuff like that because he he finds it disrespectful. You know, and I even though some, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, and even know, though Dusty whoever, played yeah. such an influence on this generation of wrestling today, and I mean, but Cody and I, I would argue, arguably say Charlotte too. They are business people. And uh-huh. these things create, whether it's real or not, create heat, and it brings money in. At the end of the day, so it's not not some heat you can sustain though, because yeah. that's because um, I can tell you, I mean, there are some things if you try to bring them up with me, it's no longer going to be a, a work. Right. It's going to get end up in a shoot real quick because you're bringing up stuff that you don't have any business bringing up. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just me. That's just my personality, and. You know, with Cody, with him bringing up Dusty, and and he, Punk wasn't bringing up Dusty in a negative way. He was just saying, Dusty asked me to look out for you when you were in OVW, when you started out. And and he and he was actually complimenting Cody. He said, 
I realized you really didn't need anybody to look out for you because you weren't falling into these bad habits that a lot of our contemporaries are doing, all our peers are doing. You know, and he's ta- he is talking about like the drugs and you know a lot of the corrals and everything else. And Cody is pretty straight laced as far as I uh, I know. I mean, he doesn't. You don't see him getting arrested for things. I mean, you you see his older brother Dustin. I mean, he actually had some trouble with the law at times, and he had a drug problem for a little bit. But I mean, obviously, he's cleaned up now. And um, but Punk, the way he when he said, "I'm more of what your dad was than you are," and it was like, "Oh, that's kind of a low blow." But then, right. of course, and Cody turned around and he named all these things off about Punk, and he said, "Now I'm more CM Punk than you are." You know, going like anti-establishment hmm. and things like that. I mean, dude, it was a great. They refer great back to the pipe bomb. I'm and definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, you got to check that out. But I mean, but you could see, I mean, oh, they're going to meet in the ring. It's just a matter of when. And so, I mean, I do like. I would like to see Randy Orton, um, along with Randy Sizemore, rescue Randy. I like to see him walk up with the title too. And well, I mean, I, I, I like, I said, like I about, You do. I, I mean, back to the idea of, you know, t- the t- clock is ticking. Right. So how many more opportunities? A belt for Randy. I'll, I'll bring I'll bring to church Sunday. How many more opportunities do you have a chance to see Randy and Cody? And is that not a WrestleMania worthy match to see? Um, but if you look at like this fatal four way, though, I mean, you throw in L.A. Knight, you throw in A.J. Styles that um, I think the reason why you throw them in is to help Randy, you know, support him in a singles competition match like in a prime you know spotlight and it also gives in where you have to you know if roman does lose you, he doesn't have to get pinned which is a big deal because now you still keep his integrity in sync right know, that, honestly that's the reason i don't really care for like the three four five way matches unless they make them elimination matches now that would actually make more sense because it's a way for for somebody to lose a title without actually losing a match. But in this and scenario, that's the only reason. That's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's I still think kind in of this a- scenario it does make sense. I think in, in, in other uh, scenarios, sorry, I'm, I'm having a little trouble with my words here. Uh, it can be kind of a writing cop out. It's like, I don't want to damage this guy, but I want the title off of him. But, but to the point of Justin there, I, I think in this situation, it makes sense. I mean, I can see why they're going to do it. Um, now, so far, uh, like I said, BC has called for Roman to actually win the match. Um, why isn't my phone coming up so I can actually see the rest of his predictions? There we go. He said um, Roman uh, to win that match. And Dwaylon said the same thing. Let me pull up Dwaylon's text. Roman wins his match, no doubt about it. He's not dropping the title in a thrown together fatal four way. You know, fair enough. Um, one thing he also did say, though, about Seth Rollins, he said if Seth has to relinquish the world title due to injury, which is still a possibility, mm-hmm. they should put it up for grabs in the Rumble match. Now, they only have what today's Wednesday that on the day we're recording this, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they only have three days to do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it could be a possibility. Um, I wasn't necessarily a fan of that title match that was what took place years ago with Triple H, right? When they uh, that one was a little that was Triple H, that was him exerting you know his power as mm-hmm. 
you know, the COO and actually, I just I mean, think was, you can work around it a bit differently. Uh, well, that was also them trying to, you know, they were doing whatever they could to make Roman Reigns look like a sympathetic baby face. And it still didn't work. And that's when he said, Oh, Roman, that was Roman defending the title in the rumble. Right. Like back in 92, the title was vacant. And so it was up for grabs in the rumble. You know, it was everybody, you know, had a shot that, and that's one of the rare cases of like Roddy Piper that day wrestled for the intercontinental title and the world title all in the same event because he won the intercontinental title from the Mountie on that event. So, but that's, that's more trivia for you, by the way, I just figured I'd, I'd throw that in there because I'm kind of a wrestling geek. Know-it-all. Um, not to the, the Mountie. Of, that's someone I haven't thought of in a while. Yeah. I, I guess the Mountie might actually be at the fan fest in Chillicothe in March, which I don't know if I'm going to go to it or not because well, money, uh, because some things are not cheap. <laughs> so that's $20 to get in. And that's even before you start paying for autographs. Two, and, three, and, $400 just to get an autograph. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it, it'll, it can add, actually. $20 for your right to pay for another autograph. Yeah. And, but Randy's been with me. We're getting um, pictures made with uh, Archer. Yeah. Was it Archer? Yeah, Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Uh, and Jimmy, we've okay. had and Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart as well. Yep. There's one other, uh, EC3 uh, e- as well. EC3, that oh, one, because EC3 actually, actually, I have the picture of this. He had the world title belt upside down at first, remember? Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he had it upside down. I was like, hey, dude, the title's upside down. He kind of gave me a look like, and he flipped <laughs> it. And I have that belt right back there that he autographed. The only current champion I had to autograph that belt, along with, um, let's see, Abyss, Tommy Rich and Dan Severn, all four of, I have, I have all four of those autographs on that belt right behind me. And Randy saw EC3 do it. He was there. That was fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> now the question is, who do we add next? Who do I add next? Uh, if I meet Ric Flair, now he'll probably charge me $500 for it, but is that worth probably. it? And for Ric Flair to sign it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'd have to, you know, say, I don't have $500 here. I'll give you a, a picture of my feet. You can go sell that and see how much money <laughs> <Yeah>. you get. <laughs> you know, trust me. You know, you know, not, I'm not working. I'm going to have to do something here. So, you know, I'm going to start selling pictures. Of my look, bighairyfeet.com and see if the, <laughs> such a site exists. Hey, people will Good buy Lord. I don't know. Uh, people um, will, I, you'd be surprised. Some of the weird crap people will pay for. But anyway. So am I the only one? Steve on only go out, Am I going <laughs> to be the only one that goes out on a limb and say Roman drops the title? Uh, you might. I mean, I would I like think to he's see keeping it. it. I, I would like. I mean, Ooh. this is where you know we go. What we think should happen, but what will happen? I think he should drop it, but I think he's going to keep it. You know, and I think specifically, like you said, Randy Orton should be the one to walk away with it. That way, they can set up the thing with him and Cody. But Cody has to get by past Punk first. Um, I don't like see. Like I said, that that feud could even be put. Hey, put a pin on it. Let's address that later. It's just the start of something new. We're just getting ourselves, you know, into WrestleMania. Maybe we don't necessarily have a full-on direction for, you know, for Punk yet because, you know, I, I for whatever reason, I don't know. I just, I just see a golden opportunity, and maybe I'm choosing the wrong, you know, person to win this match. But I, I really feel like if if Hunter is giving the fans what they're wanting. And you want to build an excitement. You're trying. You're trying to blow up the WrestleMania 40. It's really big. There's so much history behind it. You got two mega star matches right there, in just 
practically almost one storyline that has been a complete circle last year. You know, I just that not, I would pay thousands of dollars to go see. I, I don't know. That's for me. I just I just thought of something. Like you said, Cody, for him to finish the story, it does not have to be Roman. He just needs to beat somebody for the title. Okay. Um, one of the predictions I've also seen about the men's rumble, um, Dwaylon says CM Punk. Um BC Hunter from Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with the War, Wrestling with the Eighties, um, our friend from Nova Scotia. He also says punk, but he said, of course, the rock is a wild card. Mm. Um, a lot of people are calling for Punk to win the Rumble. If Punk wins a Rumble, of course, now he's going to automatically have a title shot at Mania. Um, do you think there's a possibility all of a sudden they throw Cody in there for a three-way at Mania? Which I don't necessarily like doing that because to me it kind of robs the person who actually earned you I know, think the title the last shot. time they did that was with Brian Daniel, you know, Danielson and that ended up for me. That was just a, a tarnish of Edge winning, and that was ten years ago, by the way. Yeah, still, I mean, that <laughs> still left such a scar on me. Oh. Well, no, 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 wasn't that? It wasn't that was Edge. Like three it was, years ago, it, four years ago. Uh, no, I'm talking like um, WrestleMania 30. It was Daniel Bryan. Of course, he had to beat Triple H in the opening match, uh, but then he got you know if he if he beat Triple H in the opening match, then he was inserted into the. Right the main event what i'm talking about though was when edge won the rumble when he back in the pandemic pandemic excuse me and then uh they throw in brian danielson and make it a triple threat match and then you know we had this match. it wasn't a bad match i just didn't like the idea because edge came back proclaiming that he had one more title run in him and then they just took they just erased it like it was nothing I agree because, yeah, I did feel like it, it did take it away from Edge. Just like, well, Batista, that whole year, that rumble was like one of the kind of one of the biggest controversies anyway, mm-hmm. and, you know, because people were just booing it. I mean, they booed the whole event uh, and because they loved Daniel Bryan that much. But throwing Daniel Bryan in the final match, you know, the world title match, even though he did not win the rumble. But, I mean, it was at the fans' demand. I mean, the fans wanted Daniel Bryan to be in that match, and, and they got it, and he ended up winning the match. And then, of course, two months later, he had to give up the title because he had injured his neck again. But I could see them doing that because Cody wants to finish the story. Punk, you know, he's trying to, I don't know if Punk's trying to redeem himself. I don't think that Phil Brooks actually has that kind of conscience about him because, I mean, he does try to make everything about him. You know, so but he but he may have changed in the six months between him and Jungle Boy getting into a fight in the, the locker room in Wembley until you know in which led to him getting fired from AEW and now he's back in WWE. He says he's home. You know, so he has his own story. Now, does Punk need a world title? I don't think so. Um Cody though, you know, like you said, Randy, I mean his mind, like Shawn Michaels, you know, he needs this. You know, so Cody in his mind right. needs this. And so I could see Cody doing something to get himself into the, because uh, I don't see Cody winning the Rumble again. Not because he won it last year, didn't he? You know, and yeah, so two years in a row. I was year. pulling for him, frankly. Uh, I actually. You want to see the. Kind of had him as. The consecutive. I didn't think anybody would. I didn't think anybody would expect it. 
True. And that's kind of why I did is like, they're, they're focusing on finishing the story. It's like, I think that's exactly why nobody would expect them to take it twice. And that would definitely everybody's expecting them to finish it last year. So you think Cody's going to take the rumble this year? I think he takes the rumble this year. My thing is with Cody taking the rumble is that he's trying to earn his spot back at number one contender. That's right. why he went on this long, you know, this feud with Brock Lesnar, and he's apparently, you know, he's faced Shinsuke Nakamura this past year, and I feel like he gets so close, and then, like I said, a guy like Punk, who they're building a feud with with him, eliminates him, you know, out of nowhere. Not, I wouldn't say in the final spots, but you kind of have to say, is Cody going to be able to you know, achieve what he set out to accomplish, and now he's going to have to hold on to it just a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Make the fans want to, all right, build in just that much deeper into the story as the next month settles. All right, what's the next opportunity at getting a title shot or at Roman or whatnot? Because then you just kind of presume that Roman's kind of already preoccupied in his plans. You're going out, you're going to, the Rumble winner's going to probably go after Raw. Just you know, that's what I'm thinking here. And so now you have, you know, Punk ruining uh, Rhodes' Royal Rumble opportunity. He gets himself in the Elimination Chamber. Maybe he gets, you know, left out of a spot again. I don't know. But I don't think he Cody could win the Rumble this year. So, I think there's so much great talent that whatever the storyline is for Rollins, and that's still even a tough subject, I think the Rumble goes after Rollins this year. Uh, and then that's when you have to include Damian Priest in there as well. Even though Damian Priest is part of the Rumble, so yeah, but he's also the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and he has been now for about ten months. And so let's not—I mean, we saw more cracks in the Judgment Day like this past Monday. Oh, they're, when, they're splitting up. I mean, there's so no doubt about it. They lose the—they have a for tag sure. team title next week, and just like I said, another another theoretical just opinion. Seth and Finn had a great feud. What happened? What if you see Finn win it? He's never won a Rumble, has he? No. So Finn, I no, mean, I know not. he's out the door, and we talked about this almost. I don't, I don't know if he's out the door, but he's one of those guys who doesn't know his future after Mania. But you don't even give him the title. Finn Rollins Mania. Let's say Finn does hold it. That's a thirty-second win, and then Priest cashes it in, or even inserts it in, and becomes you know a triple threat match that way. I'll tell you, if if Damian Priest hasn't cashed in by WrestleMania, he's going to cash in at WrestleMania. I mean, because, he does have until Backlash, does he not, or until WrestleMania? I think I think it's Backlash after WrestleMania is when they they is set, it? yeah, um, or the next Money in the Bank. If they haven't cashed in by yeah. then, well, you know, sorry about your bad luck. But if he hasn't cashed in by Mania, he will cash in at Mania. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, we'll cross that bridge. You know, we'll have that same roundtable discussion, you know, for Mania. Um, but so could you see Finn Balor winning it? I mean, I know we talked about this briefly, and you wouldn't want to put someone who could be out of the company by summertime if, in if this they position. But if, if they don't have a contract negotiation, they're not going to put them with the Rumble. The same thing with Drew McIntyre, who, by the way, I got the Drew McIntyre shirt on today. I just wanted to point that out. 
Uh, my wife got me that a couple years ago for Christmas. Which sucks because Damien and Drew had an incredible main event. Uh, and as you would expect them to, because they're both, you know, very, very top-notch wrestlers. And so I would expect their main event to be uh, really good and very physical, knowing those two guys, but both very physical, but having lots of moves in their repertoire, which so shows they're not just big men in the ring. I mean, they're big and they're right. good. Um, but Drew McIntyre is also in the Rumble, as far as I know. If it, there's, he is, I mean, he's I, in the Rumble. I have the list right here. It's okay. Akira Tozawa, Bobby Lashley, Chad Gable, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Kofi Kingston, Otis, and Shinsuke Nakamura, the current people as of today that are that has has entered entered the Royal Rumble draft. Um, I don't see them listing a lot of names between now and Friday night. Um, no, but. You know, and I'm kind of glad because that's one of the things I don't want to know every single entrance name before the well, Rumble. Akira, Chad, and Otis, Otis was named on last week's episode of The Bump, I believe. Right. So, I mean, that was like a social media. But, okay, so if I'm going to throw it out there, I'm just going to go on a limb and say Bet Balor for the Rumble. But, okay. You know, last Monday we did see Gunther come out and now make his first approach saying, Hey, now I want that title. They're not going to have Gunther win the rumble while he's still intercontinental champion. Um, well, because, makes sense. because Gunther has actually brought back prestige to the IC title. I mean, what do you think, Randy? I think he's making it about as relevant as it's been in a very long time with an impressive mm -hmm. long title run. And when you see what he's doing in the ring, like you, you see what he's doing and you, you understand just by looking at him, that man is a champion. Everything he does is so calculated. His move is wasted. And, and frankly, as soon as he comes out, I can't take my eyes off. The it and, just, it feels like yeah. whatever he's doing, it feels like it deserves my attention. That's a good way to put it because especially since Gunther, um, I've seen more people put um, post about this and I'm glad they post about it as well, because it's something I've noticed. How do you try to prepare for a match against somebody who has more than one, more than two, more than three ways to beat you? Because he'll beat you with a power, you know, a power bomb. He'll beat you with a submission move. Oh, now he's going to beat you with a different submission move. Oh, he's now he's just going to beat you down until you go unconscious and pin you. I mean, he has so many different ways of doing it. You know, so Gunther is legit. Now, the only way I could see them putting him in the world title picture is if he drops the IC title first. Now, who he's going to drop it to, that's another debate for another day because I don't see him losing it between now and Saturday. Oh, and on a side note, you see the body or transformation, I should say, on Gunther over his title reign. Mm -hmm. You know, going from having just, you know, a little few extra pounds on him to just being Lean. the absolute peak lean physical yes. form that he is i mean he looks you know like well honestly he almost looks like he has a gym teacher vibe about it you know but i think it's the haircut it, it must be <laughs> it's got to be the haircut but i mean he but he looks legit and he is legit and he's very intelligent you know um and of course, he may not be sleeping a lot lately, Justin. You know about this because you know he his wife just had a baby herself, so he's not sleeping a lot right now. 
you know, we, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Still going through it. Um, you know, and, and I listen, I'm not even, you know, this is just, uh, you know, WWE's growing. We're seeing the changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it this time around, but who doesn't say that Gunther as someone, and he would qualify as a candidate if WWE, I mean, like I said, WWE would rarely do this and you'd rarely see any other promotions do this, but history is always meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. He could always hold two titles. There's nothing in the rule book saying that you can't hold two titles. You know, especially, uh, there, used, there used to be. Well, and but I think that's all kind of all kind of gone away well, now. I mean, if well, he's a fighting champion, I mean, you know, Kurt Angle was the uh, as he called it Euro Continental title when he yes. had the European Championship and the Intercontinental title at the same time, and then he lost them both on the same night by not getting pinned either one. But yeah. if you look at <laughs> You know, if anyone on that list that could, just like I said, could, I'm not saying it's going to happen, it most likely will not happen, Gunther could, it fits that bill. I mean, he's definitely proved himself, you know, ever since, especially ever since that, you know, Royal Rumble you know stretch that he went. That could work. They could have, they could put the world title on Gunther, and then he gives up, he relinquishes the IC belt. You know, and nobody because, ever beat me for this title. Exactly, right. because that's what Warrior did when Warrior beat Hogan for the world title in at WrestleMania six in Toronto. Uh, of course, Warrior was already the the Intercontinental Champion, and so they had him relinquish the belt because they said, you know, you you can't hold both. That was part of their rule. Now, I mean, they've kind of gone away from that, but they could also put, you know, Gunther himself could say, look, I want to focus on the world title. Uh, you know, so I'm going to relinquish the IC title. You know, even the, and I, as the greatest champion, nobody beat me. You know, Honky yeah. Tonk Man can't even say that because the Warrior, you know, he smacked and Honky Tonk Man around like he stole something. No one's ever going to probably surpass that Gunther's reign. I'm just glad to see Honky Tonk Man's reign <laughs> finally go down because I was like, no doubt. I, yeah, I was a, a wrestling fan when he beat Steamboat for the IC title. And I'm like, does that oh, then give Gunther an, a probability of winning the Rumble? I don't think so. Not this year. Um, just because you know, man, I even threw it out there, you know, you know, this is WrestleMania match, but, and he, I, you called it crazy, but Gunther and Brock, I mean, how much of it would it do for a Gunther to pick up a victory over Brock? Just, well, um, know. Brock won't go for the IC title. I mean, and that's cost him. Well, I mean, but they're not going to put Brock himself. I, I mean, yeah. he, he, you're talking about somebody who really controls more of their career than anybody else has ever really done. Brock would not go. He would not be in the, the intercontinental title picture. He's only going to be in the world title picture. That's just the way like him and his character are. He's like, why would I go for that title when, you know, but I mean, but you never know because I never thought that Ric Flair would be a triple crown champion. Ric Flair, of course, won the, the WWF title back in 92 and then he dropped it and then he won it again and then he dropped it again. Uh, but he's a WWF champion. And then he, when he finally came back, um, what was it in 2003, 2004? Well, him and Piper ended up becoming tag team champions for a bit. And then Flair won the Intercontinental title for a bit. So Flair is actually a triple crime champion. So Flair actually went backwards. That's some person you would never thought would go backwards from a world title. He did it. So you're right. Brock Lesnar, it's possible. But I, um, well, I, I like to see him and Gunther go at it because I think that'd be a great match. What about this though? That'd what be about, a heck of a match. Mm-hmm. What about Saturday? Gunther eliminates Brock. Brock makes an appearance and enters the Rumble match as as a filler. Okay, just throw it out there. And then 
Brock doesn't like that, so he ends up, you know, Gunther has a title defense, you know, and then Brock ends up costing him the title, which leads a Mania match. Because who right now could, who's right now on the roster is worthy enough to dethroning Gunther? That's not already involved with something? That's not already involved. Um, in because uh, so as soon as you throw that there, because Cody could beat him, I think. I mean, he would Probably. be worthy of beating him, but Cody's already Cody's going backwards. Now. Yeah, yeah, Cody would be going backwards. So who, who's on that roster <laughs> that could use a WrestleMania spot and beat Gunther for the title, or you know, uh, you know, I would actually have to go through. Um, at, you know what? The person I see him doing it honestly is probably Chad Gable, even though they just had their little series of matches. I can see them bringing Chad Gable back because Chad Gable, even though he's been losing on TV uh, here lately, uh, because he just oh. lost to Ivar Monday night. Great match, by the way. Yeah, Randy you got. Didn't he just beat check Ivar that a match couple too. weeks prior to that? Like, I think so. But Ivar beat him. I mean, and it was a brutal, brutal oh, match. But I mean, it, but it was it was a really good match. And I think that was kind of showcase Ivar too, because I think the Viking Raiders or Viking Experience or or you know Norwegian Vikings, whatever they're calling them this week. You know, I think they need to get more of a push than what they actually have been getting. Um, and calling what's her name, Sarah Logan Valhalla. You know, please change her name. Cause seriously, you know, um, change her name back to something not as goofy sounding because she's a lot better wrestler than what they're giving her credit for. What it is is that it's the way that they're using them. They're dominant people. They could be dominant as the Viking Raiders with Valhalla, but they're just not being used as that dominant team you know they're being you know beaten and you know i mean you see what worked in nxt with guys like the viking raiders and aop is that they were a dominant factor they just they ran over people and they no matter what you couldn't beat them and when you come you know, especially you, with aop exactly and so when you could now be shown that you can be beat from you know, and you're this big, massive person that shouldn't be beat logically, then it, it all crumbles down, regardless who you are, or what name you use. So, uh, that, I think I, the, the on a side note, the Valhalla thing is just silly. It is. It's I'm just like, silly. She was cool enough as Sarah Logan. Exactly. Even though wasn't it Sarah Logan? Because she's from Louisville. I think she was. I, I believe she's from Louisville, right? Um, and they were the one they said, so. yeah. and I, I was laughing because one time they said from the backwoods of Kentucky. And I'm like, I didn't realize Louisville was considered backwoods. Seriously, people, you know, it's got like over half a million people in Louisville. I don't think it's backwoods at all. Um, now you get could around. Be West Paducah. Could be West Paducah. I don't know if Waylon's listening, but. Um, <laughs> hey, so, you know, wrestle, the Royal Rumble is notorious for surprises. And I've even heard on social media that's that what I'm, wants to enter uh, in. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, it's it's hard to predict, you know, the the real surprises, because when Cody Rhodes came back to the Rumble, it was like a foregone conclusion. Everybody knew he was coming back um, for the you men know, this time. Yeah. You know who I'd like to see come back? Honestly, it would actually help out with the story is Goldust, Dustin Rhodes. If I, I always I, secretly hope he's coming out for the I, uh, Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, because I don't. I don't know what his um, status is right now with AEW. He's he's said that this is it, but then again, to join his brother for one last hurrah, that would probably be one of the coolest things ever. And you know, the crowd would just pop hard if if Dustin Rhodes, if Gold Dust, all of a sudden came out. Um, I can see that one, but it's it's certainly because you know you don't 
no. I mean, Hulk Hogan has hinted that he's going to come back for the Rumble. Um, and it's in Tampa. Hogan lives in Tampa. Tampa's, uh, uh, Taker's going to be there at ringside because he has the one last dead man show in Florida there on you go. Sunday. Um, and Hogan, you know, yesterday marked 40 years of Hulkamania. You know, him beating the Iron Sheik in the garden for the title. So Hogan, you know, has hinted that he's going to be in there. Uh, I'd like to see Bo Dallas come in there for a lot of other reasons, mm-hmm. you know, because they've actually hinted that they're going to bring the Uncle Howdy character back, you know, obviously, you know, because of what uh, Bray Wyatt is suddenly passing away. And yeah, yeah so Bo Dallas, they I've heard talk of him coming back, but it's hard to predict the, the, surprise entrances like that um now i will say for the women because i'm gonna move on to that one because we all have our our you know well i don't know if i actually did finally a see uh jade cargill make her w that's actually debut? what that's actually what bc hunter said he said if, if jade, jade cargill is there she's gonna be the wild card to win uh the rumble if she's not there it's gonna be bad i think that'd be exciting to see yeah because jade cargill um, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of privileged to say I was actually there in person for her last match in AEW because it was actually in Cincinnati at Heritage Bank, whatever it's called now. Uh, and Heritage Bank Arena. Heritage Bank Arena, you know, the, the arena right beside Great American Ballpark. And, yeah, they ought to call it that the Great American Arena. But, you know, when I saw AEW there a few months ago, uh, when they did the Rampage uh, taping, it was her and and whoever it was that beat her for the title. I cannot think of her name right now, but it was basically her rematch. And then after the match, they gave each other a big hug. And I had a feeling, I was like, yeah, that, that might be her last match here. And then sure enough, like a week later, she was popping up on uh, either Raw or SmackDown, like in the limo. So I think uh, she'll be a good fit for WWE too. I'm kind of excited to, to see what she pulls off there. I'd be cool to see her pop up at the Rumble. Oh, Jade Cargo. I mean, she is, uh, she's another one. She's legit. I mean, she's got a good look. She's got a good move set. I mean, she's, um, you know, she gives good promos. I mean, she's very, very confident in the ring. So um, I don't know why it's taking them so long now. I don't know. Maybe she was kind of resting up some injuries and or maybe training with them because the different companies do have different styles of doing things. For one thing, the rings a lot of times are different sizes. WWE uses a, a 20 by 20. AEW is it 18 by 18. I don't I know. I believe they're also 20 by 20. Are they 20 by 20? Okay. Uh, Cause I know I like so. are 20 by 20. Um, But like WCW, they were 18 by 18. A or NWF. I think they're either 18 or they're, they maybe even be 15 by 15. So last time I heard it, it makes a difference. What was TNA? What's Impact Ring? Uh, Say it again. Impact. I think they were eighteen by eighteen. Who? Okay. The Impact Ring. They look really small. Um, That's why I'm asking. I don't know. Um, Maybe we can ask our buddy Wildcat Chris Harris. He he's back there also. Yeah, he would know. Imagine you'd probably have a pretty good answer (laughs) on that. Yeah, he would. There's so many reasons why you just go with Jade, Jade Cargill, and I think it's almost given. I mean. And from the list, you got Bailey, Becky Lynch, Bianca, Ivy Nile, Maxine Dupree, and Nia Jax that so far has um, given their way in. But, you know, Jade Cargill is going to be used in particular situations. And I think a lot of people were excited. I think 
if, you know, circumstances were different, we would have saw a Charlotte and, you know, yes. Jade for other reasons. That would be, you know, I think that would be a great, great series right there. And I wish, you know, Charlotte sure. the best of recovery. But one of my fears is, is that who do you have on SmackDown as a champion? Uh, right. Eo Sky? Eo Sky, right? yeah. And then you look at who you have on Raw, Rhea Ripley. They're on two different levels. So if Jake comes in and wins that title, it's going to be just hard for me to see Jade beat Eo Sky compared to her facing Rhea because Rhea's been lacking maybe the talent side, like the star power to be facing her. And I think a Rhea and Jade would be an excellent match at Mania. Um, but there's just no one else on that list. I mean, not even Nia Jax, who recently returned, it for me is worthy enough to win the Women's Royal Rumble. So I know that list is much smaller, but realistically, any other names that really fit the bill? I mean, the only other case I could say, Bailey. If Bailey wins the title or wins the Rumble, she could finally, you know, get, re- you know, I would say get revenge in the sense of, you know, damage control has been putting pushing off to the side lately. That's why, you know, oh, that's they have, the only oh, the case. You you see, that's for another sure. faction that you see. We can see it because we've been wrestling fans for a long time. And so we recognize the signs that they're going to be splitting up. Um, and I have a feeling Bailey is going to be making a face turn, you know, here relatively soon. Um, it's been a very slow burn on this. And I don't know if she's going to be bringing the hugger Bailey back, the Bailey buddies, things like that, because that character, yes, people liked it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it was not a held her down. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it, it had and a, it was kind of played it. out. It was, it was time for it to stop when it did. Right. And, uh, let me see. Uh, Joyla yeah, says, change... yeah, go ahead. Joyla says, women's rumble, Becky Lynch. Mm. Because and I and I like his logic. He said Lynch and Rhea Ripley. That's the money match for Mania. I'm like that makes sure. a lot of sense. You know, um, you know. So, so can I look, point one thing out? Yes, the Rumble winners have not always gotten the spotlight, especially in the women's last several years. I'm going to actually, if you don't mind me changing, I'm saying Bailey because it gives her the reason to play up. And one thing we also haven't seen lately is that normally that episode after the Rumble, they automatically say who they're going against. You can see Bailey kind of toying a little bit, saying, hey, I'm going to go after hmm. Rhea, you know, kind of being on damage control side and then turn on, you know, damage control and turn on Eosky. That doesn't have to be a main event. They're not giving them the main event match anyways. You could still create a Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley situation. Without a With, Rumble winner. Without the Rumble. Yeah, exactly. It would do much better for Eero and Bailey to give shine on that title and that storyline if you put the Rumble behind it. If I, I like the idea of Bailey because if damage control, because there's five of them right now in damage control, am I right? Um, yep. Is it five or is it just four? Let's see. Five. Yep. You got Dakota Kai, Eero Sky, Asuka, and then I don't know the other two. Um, Bailey and well, Bailey, um, and then uh, yeah, someone else. Uh, Blair Davin. No, is Blair Davenport? I'm about to go look Sorry, this up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go look it up. Um, Randy, what do you think? Some wrestling fans we are. Yeah, 
Good um, can't even think of the names. I'm not doing any better either. I mean, do you Goodness. do you agree with Bailey though? Like uh, as a good candidate? Uh, Dakota Kai, Eosky, Kyrie, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane's the other okay. one, and Oscar. Duh. Go ahead, Randy. Sorry. I do think uh, Bailey would be a good candidate on that. Frankly, they've been, as Steve pointed out, they've been doing the slow burn on the damage control breakup. Uh, a lot of that has been at the expense of you know either Bailey taking the punishment or made to look like a fool. Um, and I think it's about it's about time to you know maybe with that scenario in the Rumble kind of start that upswing of the return of the face Bailey. Now, I think that this? would work. How about this in the Rumble itself? Of course, you know you're going to have um, Io Sky. She's not going to be part of the Rumble because, well, she's already the women's champion. There's no reason for her to be in the Rumble. The other members of Damage Control could be in the Rumble, and Bailey starts chucking them out because they have some kind of argument or whatever backstage or something. You know, something they always do before a breakup or something happens. Maybe it, yeah, it could come down to them four in the ring, and then they decide. I'm going to tackle on Bailey, and then one after one, you could even, you know, you could see, you know, other people coming out to aid Bailey at some point. You know, we're also prone to see those moments in the Rumble itself. You know, right? And so oh, there's I, so many possibilities with that match. I love it. Oh, and Bailey could, you know, she could end up as the Rumble winner, and because she. She knows she's being pushed out because they haven't been helping her out when she's been in the ring. And they're like, well, we thought you wanted to do it on your own. It's like, no, not if you're heels, not if you're bad guys. And of course, right. she, she Could didn't you say see it like maybe that. But... Someone, you know, when Bailey music hits and she's entered in, you know how they always attack someone before they get to the ring. And then therefore mm-hmm. they're out of the match for a period of time. Bailey comes back at the end of the rumble to then maybe throw them out to make a miraculous comeback. Exactly. I mean, that could happen and it, it would set up, like you said, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, they don't need the rumble necessarily because they are already at it. I mean, even though I definitely agree with Dwayne's logic because yeah, that is a money match. Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. Oh, that is definitely a money match. uh, No doubt, but they don't need the rumble to set it up. Whereas Bailey, I think, it would actually add more intrigue to it with her winning the rumble than her looking right at her right now, her stable mate going, I want your title. And then of course it's like the full horseman when they kicked out sting because sting had a title shot against flair, you know, and I know I'm going old school there because that's back from like 92, 91, 92 timeframe. Um, but Hey, what's old is new. You could recycle that. Yeah, maybe even 93. But yeah, Sting had the, the title shot against Flair. So the horseman, you know, he was a horseman for about two minutes and they kicked him out because he had the title shot and he wouldn't give it up. You know, so it, that's, I mean, that's an old storyline, obviously, because that was from 30 years ago and 30 plus years ago. And you could always bring it back, though, because it, as long as you don't use it too often, you know, so I will go with Bailey also uh, to win the Rumble. Uh, although I do see if Jade Cargill comes back because a lot of WWE fans don't necessarily, they're not necessarily familiar with Jade Cargill because some WWE fans are WWE only. And so they refuse to watch anything, especially AEW. And so they don't know Jade Cargill is very talented and she's going to bring a lot to the ring. I just, I think it's a little early to get Jade, Jade Cargill a title shot. Well, what you could also do with Jade. I mean, yeah, maybe she makes her debut. Maybe she's the number one person and she lasts 29, you know, up to the last spot, right? 
you could always you could certainly make a pretty good impact with a long a long yeah. kind of debut and throw her into in the elimination chamber with Becky or, you know what I'm saying? To find out the Raw's number one contender and they have another two, another impact. I don't know who Jake Cargill's opponent could be this year if she's having a WrestleMania match, but something Hunter said back when they first brought her in, they're not in any rush to, you know, the right time is going to present itself for Jade. When that, when that right time comes, she will be ready. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Hunter, you know, Paul Levesque himself, because he is a wrestler first. And so, I mean, he respects the wrestling business and he knew from the inside the things that could have been done better. But of course, even with his father-in-law being the owner of the company, his father-in-law was still going to uh, still override anything, you know, that may have been thrown his way if he didn't like it. And if he didn't understand it, even if, you know, his son-in-law is explaining to him why it would work. Of course, VKM is going to be going, I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. And he also rushed a lot of feuds, which then didn't give time for a reaction. And WWE, you know, maybe we're not the smartest great, you know, great level. And we need to be dumbified a little bit. But we like to sit and ponder over stories a little bit, you know. So let them take its time and develop its course. That's what's really that's how you get a better response to it from the fans. Yep. And yeah. And Triple H understands that Vince McMahon would rush everything, especially like in the last few years, they were really rushing things because they were doing pay-per-views every month. And so they said, okay, this month's storyline is this, instead of letting the things ride their way out for a very long time. Now we're getting to that, the long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. You and know, one thing I wish they did rush a little bit, Kevin Owens and Logan Paul. Yeah, that was going to be, you know, I I don't want to see Logan Paul win it, but he just won the title. They're, you know, and he's going through WrestleMania. He's going to WrestleMania as the U.S. champion. Um, and that this is actually something kind of funny. Dwaylon texted me about this, um, and I got to read it verbatim. He said, U.S. title, Logan Paul. They've taken too big of a chance putting the title on him just to have him drop it in his first title defense. He's not Sasha Banks. Because I have, not seen, I have not seen a title drop so quickly, though, because I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, Logan Paul's took, took in the U.S. title to social media, but he has been MIA worse than Roman Reigns ever since he's won it. And when he has made appearance, he I don't think he, like, brings the what the U.S. title represents. So for me, it's just it's grinding teeth watching him carry this title because he's not holding it to its to its level of expectation in my opinion um i think he's better than what was expected well of course logan paul is a wrestler period and he's he actually better a, than what was he you know what he yeah. expected was certainly uh, on that one but he yeah. can certainly be around for too true um but bc says i'm picking logan he said i think they go with logan and knight at mania so i'm like ooh, that's kind of intriguing yeah. you know um logan mm. paul and la knight for the title of Mania, because LA Knight, people want to see LA Knight win some gold. Now they he needs to, yeah, he needs to because he is like the hottest thing since Sunburn right now, and they've been you know pushing him at the world title. The fans want to see him with something, even though they'd prefer the world title. I think they'd be okay with him winning one of the secondary titles as long as he's got something around his waist. Just throw him a bone, exactly, and. You know, I still like the, he's not Sasha Banks. Yeah, because remember Sasha Banks, every time she won a title, she'd lose it 
you know, like immediately in the very first title defense. Like she did that like what three times? That's <laughs> like can she not defend a title? I know at least the first couple times. Yeah. And I was like, man, why do they keep doing that to her? But I think that match, um, because Logan Paul, I mean, he has proved himself in the ring. He does the work. I mean, he puts in, you know, the training and he actually respects the business. And uh, could he be better? Probably. But him not defending the title, that's not just on him. That's on the WWE you know, creative team not putting him in there. Um, Did they put know. the title on him too early then? Because if they're trying um, to protect him, the title, what they're trying to do maybe towards Mania and whatnot, but maybe that led into maybe putting the title on him a bit early because now you're seeing, you see Roman's title on SmackDown not being defended. Now you have the U.S. title not being defended. I don't know when the last time EO Sky defended her title. You know, so um, SmackDown championships are kind of slacking because you don't have a tag team title on SmackDown right now. Hey, you know, the wild thing, Dwight and I actually did an episode uh, a couple years ago actually called Why Isn't WWE Defending Their Titles? So we kind of come back around, all of a sudden they're doing it again, you know, where they're not defending, their, you know, they have champions, but they're like, well, look, look, I've held the, the title for three years. It's like, yeah, you've had three title defenses in that time too. It's easy to hold the title when you actually don't defend it. Um, but, and I get they're, they're protecting the, cha- they don't want to have it, the title be hot potatoed because that was a criticism in the past was, you know, they were having some titles were just changing hands every single week in the world title, the title that you don't want to have changing hands every single week. They were doing it with that. So I get they, they've gone the other extreme where they're just not defending the title, but then you have Gunther Gunther, you know, was not just sitting back, not defending it. Gunther beat honky tonk man's record. Finally, thank God. But Gunther was defending the title almost every single week on Raw, yeah. and which is what a fighting cha- I like to see fighting champions. Uh, but Logan Paul, you know, maybe he's not ready to do that week in and week out. So you're right. Maybe they did put it on him too early. Uh, I know some people are they're perfectly fine with Logan Paul having the championship. Uh, I'm kind of still on the fence about it because I think, yeah, he has put in his work, but there might be other people who are more deserving. There's people who are less deserving, you know, for sure. Um, I mean, I know Ray needed surgery, but Ray needed, so I Ray mean, needed to drop the title, right? Uh, I don't. But think- my thing was is that if with Logan Paul, you could get all this social media publicity between the beginning of the year if he dropped it like the first week on SmackDown to WrestleMania. I feel feel like that was a perfect timing because now he could just go on this, you know, like what he did at the beginning where he went global with this and. Said, you know, kind of rubbed in everyone's face. Hey, I'm a, I'm this champion. I'm going to do all this stuff with it. Now it's kind of like now you're just sitting back waiting for who his opponent. Kevin Owens, yes, has a crack at it, but there's only going to be selected people that was going to work with Logan Paul because of, you know, star power, uh, workability. You know, with a guy like him, because you're still relying on his opponent to almost carry him or guide him through the match. And, in a sense. And Kevin Owens can do it. And Kevin Owens can right. go with just pretty much anybody. And he'll give you a good match. Uh, Kevin Owens, I like him because he looks like, well, us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he could put Logan Paul over. Yeah, he could put Logan Paul over and it would be like, okay, well, man, he beat Kevin Owens. Um, okay, and Kevin Owens right. has never been, he's never shied away from doing business. But Kevin Owens, he's won just about every title there is to win as well. So he's a legit competitor. You know, he's a, a legit opponent. If you want to have somebody uh, that if you beat him, it actually means something. Um, you know, I just, 
I don't know if they're going to, I think they're, they're trying, they're still trying to push Logan Paul. They're trying to give him more of a rub because he already has the title. Uh, but of course that goes backwards to thinking you, you don't give the, a title to somebody to push them. You give them, you know, you, you're already pushing them. You have them push the title because it makes the title legit, not the title making a wrestler legit. You know, there's a fine balance there and they got to figure out right now they're trying to use uh, the title to make Logan Paul legit, more legit because I mean, I think he is legit in the ring because I mean, he's having the match he had with Roman Reigns over in Saudi Arabia was way, way above everybody's expectations and and he got hurt during the match. You didn't know it until the match was over, and they announced. By the way, middle of the match, he um he did that that one the John Moxley move is what I call it. But he uh or whatever it's called, where he flipped himself in the ring with the clothesline, yeah. and he actually hurt himself on that move. And but yeah, he kept going. I mean, he didn't go. Oh no, you know my shoulder. I mean, he just kept going. You know so. Hats off to him. I mean, he, you know, he proved himself right then and there. You know, um, it's not like a Johnny Knoxville. Couldn't stand him seeing him in the ring wearing his long johns. Couldn't stand that. Um, some of the other celebrities. The you know, oversized Ron- mousetrap. <laughs> yes. And, you know, like the only person I think even comes close to that is Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was another one who surprised people in the ring. But there's been other celebrities who you're like, get out of my ring. You know, I don't want to see you going over a wrestler who you obviously have not put in your homework. Uh, the only one, this was at a necessity also, who actually, I guess, won their match, but it was thrown together last second, was when Snoop Dogg, when he dropped the elbow on Miz. Right. But that was because... Which was hilarious. It was hilarious <laughs> because, well, Shane McMahon came out and blew out his knee, like just stepping in the ring, and they're like, uh-oh, what do we do now? And the fact that WWE <laughs> personnel had no clue what to do. They're all just right. ducks sitting with, you know. So it was actually Snoop who decided, you know what, let me do this real quick. I'm not trying to make myself a wrestler, but we got to do something. And so Snoop, and even though I'm pretty sure he was probably high, uh, you know, because that's that's what Snoop does. <laughs> I mean, it's Snoop. He's, he's it's always going to be high. Yeah, he's always so going to be guys, high. Have you guys seen the, like, first images of WWE putting together the Rumble? I have not. They started. I think they started yesterday. Okay. And the ring, I, I think have not seen this yet. I uh, I saw a glimpse on Facebook, just like the bare bones of it. This is, I think, one thing that gets me is the is the the longevity, the, the run down to the ring. I wouldn't and run. I I would be walking. Or, or you get, know what I'm or, saying, like the, or like the how long taking, it takes. I'd be taking an Uber to the ring. I'm not. I'm not going to run down that whole thing. You'd be seeing me getting out of the car, paying somebody money. All right, let's go. Like, is that going to continue to happen this year? Like, it, it, this is such a long thing. I, I don't know. I'm over it. I, I There are other ways. You know, you know how, so believe it or not, I think Taker was the one I saw this because they didn't, WWE didn't care for hiding this, where half of the stage was lifted up mm-hmm. so that Taker didn't have the half, half of the walk. Like, it wasn't just him coming up from the ground. The actual stage lifted up so that he could get through, you know. So... Is that something they consider, like, to shorten the ramp so that they're not walking? they're going to have – you're going to have the ring in the middle of the field, you know, the the exact middle of the stadium. That way everybody has a good vantage point. 
uh, because you're not going to necessarily build up, not for this one event, you're not going to do like, like Syracuse does in the Carrier Dome, where the Carrier Dome is where they have their football games. Also, it's where they have their basketball games in a, in a big football dome. And so they actually have like bleachers or whatever you want to call it, like seats that they will push in closer mm-hmm. for the basketball games. I don't think that the Tampa Bay Stadium, I don't think they do that. Cause I, the Carrier Dome is like one of the only ones I know of that actually does do something like that. So the ring is going to be in the center of the field. Your dressing rooms are still going to be one in right. locker rooms, whether it's on one side, but like the sidelines. I've seen it where they've blacked out like a, a tarp, you know, where, you know, the, you know, underneath the behind the scenes stuff, it's blacked out, you know, and you have the stage up closer. There's other ways around it. Oh, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, Dwayne can tell you because he was actually at the SummerSlam in Nashville a couple of years ago. Uh, he even said, though, they had big sections where people were not sitting. He said there was a lot of empty seats in there. That was for SummerSlam, even though SummerSlam is supposed to be the WrestleMania of summer. I think more people like the Rumble. The Rumble is a lot more popular, so you're going to have more people there. Not only that, but it's Tampa in late January. It's going to be nice weather. You know, it's not like up here in southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky where the weather is just absolute garbage outside right now. You know, so... Uh, so people are going to go, they're more apt to f- go to Tampa during the wintertime to watch them like that. So you, I think you're going to have more people traveling, just like people really travel for WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah, as far as like the long ramp, that's kind of up to the wrestlers to decide whether or not they want to treat it as a track meet when they're coming out of the locker room, or if they want to do the slow walk or, you know, I was joking about obviously catching an Uber, um, but, done it. but people, I mean, you know, like Taker rode a motorcycle to the ring a couple of times. You've had other people ride vehicles. Ron Strowman took a golf cart down there. Exactly. So, I mean, you could have that. Uh, and the ones who, the wrestlers who are not necessarily known for their cardio, I could definitely see them doing that going, hey, can you get me a vehicle? Just like the first time they did something like that that I know of was at WrestleMania 3 because it was in the Silverdome. So they had these little bitty carts, which had the little bitty rings on them. They were made to look up like wrestling rings. That's what took them to the the ring, usually. Like Andre, there's that iconic shot, you know, it's of him leaving the ring after yeah. he lost, and the camera shot's over, and you see the ring in, in the background. But he's on this cart because, well, you're going to have somebody, Andre, with all his back issues, walk that far to the ring. You know, you're not going to have it. So I don't see them shortening it up. I don't see how they can shorten it up because they have to start either that or they're bringing them up to like a gorilla position type thing, you know, first and then saying, okay, go, you know, now that, I mean, I could honestly see happening, but, um, but I don't think they're going to stop having the rumble in stadiums. I don't think the WrestleMania, they're definitely not going to have WrestleMania not being a stadium uh, because WrestleMania is just by itself. is just huge. You're not going to have empty seats at a WrestleMania. Uh, but SummerSlam, I think they kind of jumped the gun putting it in the stadium. Um, well, some of these things, I don't want them in this. St- I mean, I don't want Royal Rumble not to be in the stadium. I feel like that's the perfect venue now. But there should be some. You think about by now, this is not the first year they're doing it. They could come up with something a lot easier, a lot better that just because, you know, we talked about this. You don't want them you know, doing their cardio on the way to the ring, then now they're gassed. Right. So they can't do their 90 second of showdown. 
Plus, then it interferes with that whole 90 seconds point of view, you know? Human cannon? Like cannonball? <laughs> on the fair? You know, just launch him to the ring? Good. The only way you're going to get me to walk that far is if you have a cannoli down there at the ring <laughs> for me to have afterwards. Uh, and see, there's the Italian coming out right there. <laughs> so, um, but, Cannoli in a nap. There you go. <laughs> So we've got all our predictions ready for the Rumble. You know, this Saturday, I believe it's uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time for the Rumble. We we even had Joyland's predictions. We have BC's predictions. I don't know if I forgot it. Randy, did you also say Logan as well? I don't think I got it Actually, in there, yeah, but you're that, right. that was my, my pick, actually. My, my apologies. My bad. Um, it's yeah. okay. I, I could have been interjected. And I'm um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was actually on that one. Logan. So okay, and then the women's rumble match. I I'm, know going, we, I'm going Bailey. Names. I I think I'm leaning Bailey on that. Bailey too. You guys got yep. It just, yes. I, I was able to convince you that Bailey worked. It it makes sense. I mean, I think you sold me on it. Yeah. Uh, although I do like Dwayne's, um, logic. You know, with Becky Lynch, I do like that. I don't see them going giving it to Nia Jax. No. I mean, she'd be another logical one, but I don't see them giving it to her right now because. You know, Nia. It's kind of it, tough getting behind her. Right it now. is. It is because everybody knows her history. They know she's has a habit of hurting, like legitimately hurting people. So, um, but so we all have our predictions. Are you all ready to watch it on Saturday? Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually going to watch it. This is. A, it in. You know, mm-hmm. We told. Uh, we said this earlier last week on the previous one about statistics of the Rumble, but. You, you know, WrestleMania season starts day one of the new year because mm-hmm. it's the build up to Rory Rumble, which then leads into WrestleMania. And if if you don't watch wrestling the rest of the year, this is the three months that you have to watch it, that you have to tune in for it because you just don't know. And, and I don't know about you guys, but the excitement that I, you know, the Royal Rumble, it's just it sets the tone for what we can expect at WrestleMania. And the hype, you know, and for the first time in a few years, actually, I've actually, there's actually so much excitement. At least I am feeling it on, all right, I want to see so many things happen. There's so many opportunities presenting itself that we can honestly see probably one of the better WrestleManias in recent, in the last couple of decades. Oh, I can definitely see it. And by the way, one correction I do have to make from last week's episode when I was talking about about the numbers, when I brought up the Excel spreadsheet, I'm not going to bring it up again, even though I have it sitting in front of me on my um, on my laptop, uh, because I was looking at going, there's some countries that are shown that I know are not being shown that are on there. I had a, another filter behind, like behind the scenes that I don't, I don't know why I originally had it on there because I hadn't touched that file in a couple of years, but in the men's rumble, at least, there have been 28 different countries, like for real, not just, oh, they're a wrestler from Russia, and, and, and they're actually not Russian, like Nikita Koloff, he's from Minnesota, you know, but I'm talking like legitimate countries, 28 different countries that have already been represented in many, or in the rumble, and there's going to be, if long as Grayson Waller and or Bronson Reed make it into the rumble, that's going to add another one, because there has not been one Australian male wrestler at the rumble at all there have been australian females obviously rhea ripley but i just want to throw that out there kind of a correction from last week because i last week i said 22 i was like no i don't think that's right then i finally figured out what was going on um 
as 28 different countries, which I think is really cool because wrestling should be a worldwide, like a very inclusive thing. So, but that's, that's all I have for the rumble gentlemen, because we are definitely running out of some time here. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you both for coming on. Really appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, watch the rumble Saturday. Everybody remember these predictions, give us some feedback, go check out TNC sports talk. Uh, because every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at like what, 10 o'clock at night. Right. Right. Yep. So, and by the way, this is the third podcast that uh, Justin and I have recorded in the past five days. <laughs> so, because I was actually on his podcast, was it Saturday, right? Or Sunday? Yeah. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So I was actually on his podcast. He interviewed me on that one. So go, go Are check you that, that one up by the way. Uh, I actually, I shared a link to it. I know you shared it, but I yeah. sent you an actual copy of it. Are you going to, uh, I might, we'll have to see, um, you know, so, but yeah, good. Definitely go check that out. And Randy doesn't have a podcast. He could because he is rescue Randy. And although I've been a little quiet today. Yeah. Randy's been a little bit quiet today, but I uh, normally see him. And the first thing I say to him is what it is. And so, <laughs> uh, Randy, this is not his first time on the show. Obviously we've actually talked about that. Um, I think we're, we're going to have to start using another hand at account and all the appearances he's had on the show. But Randy's always been able to help us out. He's always been a big fan, even sporting the armchair booking T-shirts at the NWF events, just to let people know, hey, go check it out. You know, so big wrestling fan. Like I said, he's one to introduce me to the NWF. And uh, because of Randy, I've actually been able to, like, well, after I started the podcast, then I was able to pull all the, a lot of NWF wrestlers, including the owner, onto the show. And that's been a lot of fun. So, um if anybody, if you know Randy, definitely thank him for that. If you don't know Randy, you know, well, if, if he wants you to contact him, you know, just get to me and I'll tell you to to email Randy at his email address, which I'll, you know, I'll let Randy know first, obviously. I'm not hard to find, though. Randy's not hard to find. Uh, but in fact, tell you what, what you do is you go around Mount Orb and then you injure yourself and they call an ambulance. Randy might be the one to show up to help you. What do you think? Could be. I mean, it's not the best way to meet me, but. <laughs> not the best way to meet me. It's not the way, but it's a way. But it is it is a way. You know, but uh, like I said, I want to thank you so much for coming on. If you want to email the show, armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. Look, at, look it up on all the socials. On Twitter, it's actually at Booking Armchair. Facebook is at Armchair Booking. And TikTok, Instagram, all those at Armchair Booking. If, if you're watching this on YouTube, you may see the banners that go across the top. You'll definitely at least see it on the intro video and on the outro video. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate it. To Justin and Randy, thank you so much for appearing. Once again, this is, you know, multiple appearances for both of you. I really appreciate the support. And I know Joylan thanks you as well because he's been very uh, grateful that people have been able to step in in his absence. And hopefully, you know, we'll get him back on the show soon. But, you know, um, in the meantime, you know, he said, you know what, the show must go on. And so we haven't pushed it on, you know, but we'll. We'll have to just see how, how things are going. So, you know, we all want to, we all wish Dwayland the, the best of luck and hopefully, you know, um, prayers for him and his family. Yeah. So, cause we always say family comes first. And so, and when you have a pregnant wife, that definitely has to kind of take priority. Justin, you know, this from very recently. Absolutely. So, but all right, gentlemen. Yes, so, me. so thank you very much. Just got to say goodbye and God bless. Yeah.